0: alongside pat welter dennis cox here with you at pnc arena things are picking up in the plaza between pnc and carter finley the tailgates are going i'm smelling food packs Mm -hmm. smelling deliciousness coming into my nostrils i'm not sure where it is coming from but i smell it nonetheless weather feels great out here the breeze is amazing it's a beautiful day to tailgate and to hopefully celebrate a canes game five win tonight we're going to talk about that a little bit. We're going to be joined by Adam Gold, host of Stormwatch and Aftermath, and as well as the Adam Gold Show. We've got some NC State basketball news, a little NBA, some football. Let's get into the daily checkdown. I got five on it. All right. NFL schedule releases tonight at eight o'clock. I'm not watching it, obviously, because I'm at PNC. I'm going to be sitting in press row, calmly, quietly in my head, rooting for the Canes to win tonight. But we are starting to get more games leaked out Yeah, half of the schedule's already out basically it's like why do we have this eight o'clock schedule release thing when we already know half the games just give it to us already and all the teams whatever. that
1: they're gonna play
0: it's yeah, just we the already dates. know it's just the dates that's really it's all it is it's just dates it's my it's wife would whatever. love this
1: though like the planners out there love this there are certain people that just like to mark their calendar sure they color collated it that's my wife she would love this for me I'm good. I look at the Panther schedule. I see that they're playing not a lot of elite quarterbacks. And I'm like, this team's got a chance to make the playoffs. That's all I need to know.
0: All right. So fully expect in the next uh, day, uh, next 24 hours from now, the oh the whole, all right, let's do schedule like win loss things again, That like we didn't know already who the Carolina Panthers were playing already at the end of the season uh, or after the end of this past season. But nevertheless, We already have some dates being floated around for the Carolina Panthers. It looks like week one, they're going to start on the road in Atlanta week one. Okay, fine. That's great. But week two, home opener, Monday night football
1: against the New Orleans Saints. Is that the time you see Bryce Young if we don't have already seen him week one? Oh,
0: I fully expect Bryce Young to start week one.
1: Fully expect that. And I see those two first games right there, Dennis. One of my words of the day opportunity, because in this division, you've got to win your division games Yeah, where you're playing weak quarterbacks in this division. You've got to take care of those because Carolina does have a chance to make the playoffs. Yes. It's not your typical number one pick situation. Panthers traded up from nine. Panthers were a quarterback away from making the playoffs last season. Still almost did while playing Baker Mayfield, PJ Walker, and Sam Darnold again.
0: And Jacob Beeson played snaps last year too
1: so not far away yeah so you can't let these games
0: go to slip away i mean and that was also the head coach getting
1: fired they switched coach in the middle of the season i mean that pj walker overtime game ultimately was the difference yeah against atlanta they win that they're in so this team is on the cusp and so you can't let look at the early season games and be like oh let's warm up here so that's why i wonder what they'll do at quarterback early Bryce young ultimately is going to play but you don't necessarily want to put him in a position to fail And you also have a margin here that is thin of making the playoffs so if bryce young isn't ready that's why you have anthony dalton if you need him
0: also looks like week 10 thursday night football against chicago bears this one actually intrigues me for the fact that the panthers passed on justin fields in the draft a couple years ago and took jc horn and they traded away dj moore Hmm. to the chicago bears in order to move up to number one to get Bryce Young and then they just eventually just drafted Jonathan Mingo. So it's just, wait a second. You could have had fields and DJ Moore on your team, but instead you had to make all these moves to, to get what you have. Now I just find it uh, very intriguing. Just that matchup on Thursday night football also appears that on November 19th, Dallas comes to Carolina. Can't wait for all the Cowboy fans who have never even stepped foot in the state of Texas to show up at that game. and also looks like Christmas Eve at home
1: against the Green Bay Packers. How do you feel about the Christmas takeover here? Like for a while, it was was NBA did Christmas and that was kind of casual. You could watch it if you wanted. It was kind of like the introductory to the NBA season. Uh And now it's like NFL is like, oh, here's something else we can dominate on the calendar. We're taking this.
0: I, I told Chris Lee this earlier this week and he completely disagrees with me. I feel like Christmas Day NBA is overrated
1: it depends on what you're into i mean they uh, typically it's, have good matchups it's, i mean there's nothing like the nfl right?
0: oh no 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 but here's the thing those nfl games have more weight because it's late in the season yeah and teams are fighting for playoff spots and that's game 20 for the nba regular season there's nothing at stake this the,
1: the selfish thing for guys like us is like you know we don't wouldn't necessarily want to work on christmas but we will and now you know i got a panthers game on christmas eve my plans in a little bit of a loop, but it's okay. There are worse problems to have than getting to go cover an NFL game on Christmas Eve. But you know, we have families next up. No one cares.
2: One of the four, all of the four or half of the four
1: speaking of football real quick NC state
0: football game. We're right next to Carter Finley stadium because we're outside PNC arena. Get you ready for game five tonight. the carolina hurricanes and new jersey devils the season opener at uconn for nc state got moved from saturday up to thursday so it's gonna be august 31st uh so i'm assuming obviously be a primetime game they might get a little bit more of a national spotlight my guess maybe espn two something along those lines but that season opener for nc state got moved their win total for the season over under set at six and a half i will take the over
1: Yeah, it's the degenerate special, you know, Thursday night window and a blowout game that you wouldn't normally watch if you're not an NC State fan, but all of a sudden, you know, people in Topeka, Kansas are throwing a little bit of money down on FanDuel on the Wolfpack to cover minus 30. They might Uh, be, but from a recruiting standpoint, it's another way to get your brand out there. It's going to be an introduction potentially to Brendan Armstrong uh, at quarterback and what's going to be a new look NC State team which is where that six and a half number comes from, where you got a lot of unknowns this year after having a lot of knowns, the last few with a lot of defensive guys coming back with Devin Leary be at quarterback. And now it's a lot of new for Dorn. Also a couple more days to get ready for
0: Notre Dame, that home opener the next week. All right, next up. One, two, three. The Lakers had a chance last night to close out the golden state warriors in a game five. The Miami heat had a chance to close out the New York Knicks in a game five. Both those teams were up 3-1 in their respective series. Both teams did not get the job done. So both the Warriors and the Knicks stave off elimination. I don't think the Golden State Warriors are going to come back and win two more because they stink on the road and they got to go to L.A. for game six. Um, whatever about the about the Knicks, I don't care about them. Oh, the Knicks are done. The Knicks are done. I just don't think they're that great of a team. But nonetheless, kind of goes to show you just because you're up 3-1 in a series, closing out ain't that easy.
1: And you got Michael Jordan to think about here. I've Do got we? two players chasing Jordan that you didn't think maybe could catch him at six oh, rings. Oh, you're talking about LeBron
0: and I'm Steph I'm talking Curry. about
1: LeBron and Steph Curry here. Sure. And LeBron at 38 years old, you're like, all right, he's not going to get there. Well, he's got a chance to win the title this year sure why not and so does steph Who you didn't, well all of a sudden that title kind of came out of nowhere for them last year. so yeah. you can't you never know when your moment's going to arrive and that's one of the things we keep coming back to with the hurricanes and i think you're seeing it right now in the nba where all of a sudden here steph's got a chance to maybe have a second dynasty here with t- two titles that you didn't necessarily expect back to back or lebron coming back again with another one with the lakers so you know i don't know who's going to win in the nba the nuggets are a team to be reckoned with as well Really looking forward to that next matchup. But again, legacy on the line here with the Warriors and the Lakers. Next up.
2: And I don't even care
1: who number two is. All right, a couple of uh, basketball notes. By the way, uh,
0: Will Shaver uh, is heading back to, uh, sorry, in the transfer portal from UNC Men's Basketball. So a couple of quick basketball notes here. Uh, Will Shaver, UNC Men's Basketball player, formerly of UNC Men's Basketball, signs with uab is transferring there and this is actually something that he tweeted out uh earlier today earlier this afternoon uh took a picture of the score of the uab unc basketball game where uab won against unc 6358 or sorry 6359 and uh hashtagged it throwback thursday
1: (laughs) one of those games that was a little bit too close for comfort last year like basically all of them for Uh, unc
0: Chris Lee tweeted out a uh, a photo of that and tagged me in it saying, this is the pettiness that the fan rookie lives for. He's hundred percent, right? One hundred percent, right? I am all for pettiness uh, in these kinds of situations. Yeah, go but- be
1: you Schaefer. You know, he wasn't a guy that was going to play a lot for the Tar Heels. Uh, it's Jalen Washington's time at big and Armando Baycott back for what is it? Six seasons. So there wasn't room for him necessarily. So good for him. Go find yours. Also
0: basketball note men's basketball for NC state heading to Vegas for the Vegas showdown 2023. looks like BYU, Arizona state and Vanderbilt. Are all part of the Vegas showdown this upcoming off this upcoming season. You
1: can't NC sleep state. on the non-conference games early in the year, Dennis, because of these the whole thing that we have like a uh, net rankings and uh, Ken Palm yeah. kind of important, especially because everybody hates the ACC.
0: Well, It's also we're starting to see some conferences and teams start to manipulate net rankings early in the season. So, for example, in the Big 12, because they had a pretty good non-conference schedule overall, they won a lot of non-conference games, their early season net rankings were so high is that when they were playing each other and beating up on each other, they were counting as quad ones and quad twos even though the teams were losing games. Like for example, Oklahoma, even that we saw this in the big 10 where Ohio state had a losing record, but it was still like a quad one win for for UNC. Uh, even though Ohio state had a losing record, Oklahoma was the, like the ninth or best ninth or 10th best team in the big 12. And they were still like quad one wins. I'm like, you're not even a tournament team. You know what I call that? But again, Dennis? it's just manipulating the numbers in your favor.
1: Self fulfilling prophecy. Okay, go That's on. what that kind of stuff is, where you create this narrative early and then you're able to fulfill it over and over again. And then the ACC has never been able to catch up where they've had maybe some unfortunate. Uh, starts in the non-conference and then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy the ACC isn't good but they don't have an opportunity to make up for it because of the non-conference earlier in the season it doesn't make a lot of sense we've seen the ACC is just fine with Duke Carolina in the final four the other year before Miami making their strong showing again this year and I still stand by that I think Duke could have won the title this year. Yeah. They just ran into a buzzsaw that day in Tennessee, in Tennessee, and the officials didn't do them any favors. No, they
0: didn't. Uh, and I think the experience of those freshmen coming back for Duke are gonna, is going to pick oh, dividends to upcoming like season. This I think year. Duke's going to be a really, really good basketball team this upcoming season. All right, let's get to the top story of the day. I, 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 and, and one. It's pretty obvious, Pat Welter. We're outside of PNC arena. We're going to be joined by Adam Gold. Here in just a moment, the host of Stormwatch and Aftermath uh, is going to join us here in just a little bit. But it's game five tonight. Carolina Hurricanes, 3-1 series lead over the New Jersey Devils. In their history, when the Carolina Hurricanes have a 3-1 series lead, they're only 1-4 in those game fives. 1-4. But they have won all five series in which they've had a 3-1 series lead. I would like to see it make it 2-4 and four today because of a couple of things one rest going into the eastern conference finals yep but second of all don't play around with your food don't mess around with it take care of business when we have the chance on home ice it'll be the third time in the last five seasons that we have seen carolina win a series on home ice
1: mess around find out you know that yeah, chart people yeah. like to tweet out yep and that's what happened to the rangers who started up two games to none against the devils blew out the devils in those first. They two won both, games. Of those games 5-1.
0: both of those games. Five one, both of those games, five one,
1: they messed around. And they found out. Now, one of the things that's different about that Rangers team who was absolutely loaded, by the way,
0: Oh yeah. Offensively, they were
1: fired their coach given that kind of collapse that they mm-hmm. had. But one of the things you heard about the Rangers in that series, that they weren't doing the little things. They weren't, playing the pucks in the dirty areas closing out the way the hurricanes are known and prone to do so that's why i'm not worried about the canes in this series even if they do happen to lose a game to a very desperate devils team tonight we have to prepare for it if you're a fan yeah. you're in the media watching the game the guys in that locker room you have to prepare for a desperate team tonight and to know the devils are going to do whatever and anything is in their power to win this one it's up to you to weather it early if they do score first limit the damage yeah that's what we saw in game four the devils came out strong they only gave up one goal limited the damage they were able to find their game dominate the rest of the way from there if they could do that they've got a good chance
0: we're gonna be joined here right now by adam gold host of Stormwatch and aftermath which you can listen to Stormwatch at six o'clock right here on 99 on the fan after pat welter and i wrap up also host of the adam gold show adam i asked you this last game and I said, hey, Canes are going to win by seven, right? And you're like, nah, it's not going to happen. And I was like, okay, well, six. Well, they won by five. Uh, so final score tonight going to be 9-2, correct, favorite Carolina, based off what we've seen?
2: I still keep waiting for the low-scoring game that we were promised for by this team. But, uh, look, I think it will be a close game again tonight. Uh, the Devils have to – they've got to play a buttoned-up hockey game. They can't. I, mean, I know you have to play your game, but I don't know that their game is going to be good enough the way it is right now. Because I don't, think they're, I don't think they're physical enough. I think they have to play with some level of physicality, which means that they've got to come outside of what they normally would want to do. And I don't think that's their game. It's hard. Hard for them.
1: Adam, we talk a lot about matchups. And this is Pat Welter talking, 99 The Fan here with Adam Gold talk a lot about matchups and Rod Brindamore likes to downplay that, but we've seen in the series that when Jordan Stahl is on the ice, he's able to neutralize Jack Hughes. What's your read on that matchup and how important or unimportant it is?
2: Oh, it's not unimportant. <laughs> uh, if you asked, if you asked Lindy Ruff, he would go, no, that's not unimportant. Uh, Jack Hughes has to go for the devils to be good. And the Stall line, whoever he has been playing with, and in this series it's been Natchez and Jack Drury. That line has been very impactful against the Devils in this building because the last change. Now, Rod's also got another line that he can utilize against them, and in games one and two, he basically gave Yes, Perry, Code, Kinamie, Jordan Martinuk, and Yes for Frost the middle period against that line, and in all cases it was successful. So, uh, it's tough. That, that's that's really why. It's one of the reasons why Carolina's been so good at home, is because they've been essentially able to unleash the stall line and neutralize what uh, what New Jersey needs to do. So I, it's funny. New Jersey's most effective line has been whatever line Michael McLeod has been centering, and yeah. it's generally been their third line. Adam Gold, host
0: of Stormwatch, joining us here in the Heaster Automotive Group hotline, along with Pat Welter, Dennis Cox here with you outside of PNC Arena, getting you set for game five tonight. We have seen, especially in game four, the young team that is New Jersey, various inexperienced for the most part for the playoffs, this New Jersey Devils team. Again, Nico Heesher, Jack Hughes, their first time ever in the Stanley Cup playoffs has been this season. We saw this team fold in the second period Against the Carolina Hurricanes, because Carolina Hurricanes just gave them nothing, and it seemed like just sapped all the will that the New Jersey Devils had. Fast start tonight, I think, for Carolina, and a loud PNC Arena can completely mentally crumble the New Jersey Devils tonight.
2: I mean, based on what we saw in Game Four, I think that's a logical assumption. I don't know yeah. that it'll happen, um, even if Carolina gets a lead. Something different when you're when you're staring at the abyss of the end of your season but yeah. i the most shocking thing to me and i and i harped on this even before game 4 uh, two things that struck out stuck out to me about the inexperience of this devils team the one was a sense of well now it's a series after winning game 3 you've accomplished nothing by winning game 3 all you all you have done was you have you, you have avoided going down 0-3 You still needed to win another game at home, and I felt like there was a sense that the Devils had achieved uh, a goal. I mean, winning one game, that isn't the goal. So there was that that bothered me if I were a Devils fan, and I could not believe that the Devils were content. Forget about the second period. Carolina was on, I mean, just on an absolute roll with the puck. I assumed that the third period you would at least see a pushback Knowing that, look, I've watched the Hurricanes. If you can get one past, you know, Frederick Anderson early in the second period, Devils are an exciting, explosive offensive team. Who knows? Maybe you score twice in the first four minutes, and then all of a sudden you get Carolina thinking about it. But, nope, they were content to skate it out. And I was stunned that that was the way the third period was played. Carolina did not have to extend themselves. They just rolled four lines out there. They had to kill one penalty, and the one hit Stephen Mason took care of when he uh, he and uh, Eric Halla dropped the gloves at center ice. That was it, Uh, and that was really in retaliation to what I thought was a clean hit on Seth Jarvis. But I was really, really surprised.
1: Exercise and just going through the motions. It looked like
2: confused games right there. Uh, Yeah, I would say that was game three. Game four. Yeah, it was Game Three. What
0: am I doing? I also was content to skate it out. Yes, that's you. That you were, Adam. That you are. You're definitely content to skate out. But yes, uh, I was. I was shocked
1: that uh, New Jersey basically wanted to Nothing. go home. Nothing. Adam, Nothing. the expectation here now, up three games to one, whether they win tonight or not, is that they're going to win the series, and that's not reflected in the Vegas odds. It's interesting. Carolina has talked about or viewed as an underdog nationally, but they are now the favorites to win the Stanley cup, what's your read yes. on that? Should they be? And is that a position this team wants to be in?
2: They, Well, I don't think they care. Um, the, they've been the favorites to win the Stanley cup for about a week. So um, that's the betting favorites. And it, it, uh, understand the betting, the betting lines have a lot to do with the probability of it all. And when they were two O up and there was, Ain't nobody else 2-0 up except for Florida, who doesn't have home ice advantage over Carolina. Carolina was ahead of the Panthers in the pecking order, and they're probably still slightly ahead of the Panthers in the pecking order, whether or not they, you know, we expect them to beat Florida or not, assuming both teams advance. Um, so with Edmonton and Vegas 2-2, they don't even know who's going to win that series. So that impacts the odds going forward. Same thing with Dallas and Seattle. They don't know who's going to win that series. So not surprised at all. And until this series ends, both, both of these series ends, and I anticipate Carolina will be a slight favorite in the Stanley Cup Finals, no matter how good Florida has played, unless Carolina gets extended to seven games, in which mm-hmm. case you might see Florida be a very, very slight favorite. But it's going to be tight either way. Uh, I don't think this team cares who the favorite is. I don't think any, anybody in that locker room knows.
0: That's Adam Gold, host of Stormwatch. You can check that out in just over a half hour right here on 99.9 The Fan. Adam, enjoy the game tonight.
2: I'll do the best I can. I hope I hope I don't enjoy a game on Saturday. Likewise.
0: Likewise. Yeah. I hope that is the case. Adam Gold, make sure you check out the Kane's Corner podcast after the aftermath tonight, wherever you get your pac- podcast. Also, it's going to be live on the 99.9 The Fan YouTube page as well, so make sure you elbow drop that subscribe button to make sure you don't miss that either. You can check that out again on 99.9 The Fan's YouTube page brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina.